All right, welcome to the first episode of Behind the Seams of the Offseason. I'm your host, as always, Jared Perkins, but we have an incredible guest with us today, P.J. Conlon, a f- former pitcher with the New York Mets. Uh, P.J., how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. I mean, your journey is uh, a fun one to look at and an interesting one to look at, too. But uh, just for the viewers who don't know you, kind of share your story about through professional baseball, kind of who you are outside of the game as well. Um, well, I guess I got to start with, uh, I was born in Ireland, but I grew up in California. Um, so that's just the background right there at the beginning. We'll get that (laughs) out of the way. Uh, I played college baseball at the university of San Diego after my junior year was drafted by the New York Mets in the 13th round. Um, you know, did the whole minor league grind and was lucky enough to be called up in 2018. Um, and when that happened, I was the first, you know, Irish born major leaguer since 1945. So that was kind of a, a cool little deal um, that happened. And yeah, I only pitched in three games, you know, in the big leagues and I was in the big leagues in 2018 and then retired, you know, towards the end of the year in 2019. So it was, it was a quick uh, transition for me. It was made that pinnacle and then kind of was like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Uh, talk about, I guess, the first thing I want to ask, um, growing up as an Irish citizen, kind of what it meant for you to be the first Irish-born player since 1945 to play in the major leagues. I um, mean, kind of what that, I know you used to have the colors of the flag on your glove as well. Uh, just talk about like what that meant to you and kind of how that you kind of, how you carried that with you. I mean, it was a huge honor. Um, you know, my mom's side of the family is all Scottish. She's from Scotland. My dad's side of the family's from Ireland. You know, he was born and raised in Ireland. And so, um have that on both sides of the family you know uh both parents came here when they were high school age um and so kind of playing baseball was sort of new you know even when I was a kid you know my dad I think played one year and said the only time he got on base was when he got hit by the pitch because he didn't know what he was doing um he was a soccer player and uh yeah, so I always knew it, it was, you know, a rare sort of thing. And um, I always, you know, I took a lot of pride in it. I, I really wanted to make it to the big leagues and, you know, be that first pitcher, that first player since 1945. I, I knew the the background and I knew, um, you know, how much it meant to like my family and stuff like that, because they all became huge yeah. baseball fans. Even when we were, we were kids, you know, my cousins and everything played. Um, and yeah, and then when I got there, it was you know, got a, a, a lot of support from people in Ireland and, and, uh, you know, a lot of people reaching out and stuff like that. And it was, you know, it was, it was awesome. It, it seemed to, you know, impact, you know, kind of baseball over there. And, and that meant a lot to me personally. Yeah. And I, so as you know, we focus on the human side of things. And I think that's the one cool thing to hear about the heritage and such a important role it plays for you in your career. And you had the opportunity to also uh, be in the World Baseball Classic qualifiers with Great Britain. Uh, talk a little bit about that and being able to, like you said, and kind of embrace that heritage, but also get to play on kind of our play on the world stage a little bit more, uh, representing, uh, I guess, your country. I know there's some political issues there, of course, um, with that, but kind of dive into that a little bit. Uh, I actually never played with Great Britain. I, oh. you know, they, yeah, they, I got the, you know, the offer to and stuff and, talked about it with my family and, you know, just figured, you know, it wasn't the best decision for, you know, kind of, you know, where my family comes from and and the whole reason that, 
uh, you know, we left Ireland when I was a kid and mm-hmm. around around that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was super, you know, thankful and stuff to even be offered to play for them. Um, but just, you know, kind of, you know, decided that I wasn't going to put myself in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sorry. I remember now that I remember reading the discussion that you had chose not to play in the qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's kind of shows true too on how much your heritage means to you going in through the game. And I think that's an awesome human side thing to, to focus on as well. Um, the one question I have uh, just for you, cause I know you had the opportunity to make the, your major league debut. What was that moment like for you and to be able to all the work that you put in on your journey to, to be able to finally make that um, major league debut? That, I mean, I think about that day all the time, you know, because ever since I was a kid, that was the goal. That was the one thing, you know, when I was in first grade, you know, you do those assignments. What do you want to be when you're older? It was always, I want to be a professional baseball player. And yeah, making it to the minor leagues, you're a professional baseball player. And that was, you know, realizing that goal. But obviously, you know, there's that, that pinnacle of making it to the major leagues. And so when I got that call, it was just kind of like, you know, I called my mom, called my family, like couldn't help but like shed a couple of tears. So it was like, it's yeah. even, even when you're in triple A or when you're playing well in double A, you know, you're moving up each year, you know, that you're not that far away, but it always seems like it's so far, even in when in reality, you know, you're right on the doorstep. So to get that call and, and to be able to, you know, say I made it to the major leagues, it was, you know, the, the best feeling ever. And I thought I was going to be super nervous when I went there and I, it was in Cincinnati, um, had to take a red eye, you know, to get there in the morning. Um, so obviously didn't sleep much on the plane, but once I got there and I, I was nervous before the game, you know, in the clubhouse, cause you're around these guys that you see on TV. Um, yeah. You're around them in spring training. You get to know them a little bit, but it's a little different when it's, you know, the regular season, it actually counts. Yeah. Um, but then once I got on the field, um, just kind of all that, all those nerves kind of went away. And, um, cause it was just, you know, I'm just playing baseball and it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, you know, I kind of took all the pressure off myself. I was like, obviously I want to do really well and I, I want to perform and I want to show I belong here, but just kind of went into it. Just, you know, like enjoy it. Like, yeah, you, you never know, like this could be the one game I ever get to pitch. I don't want to be stressed out and worried. I just want to, you know, go out there and, and play and enjoy myself and take it in and, you know, I had a ton of family fly to Cincinnati and there wasn't a ton of fans in the ballpark that day. So I could hear them, you know, even during the game, just kind yeah. of felt like it was high school or, you know, travel ball all over again. So, yeah, it was really, really great memories from that. Yeah, that's not the, the easiest ballpark to get your major league debut in either as a pitcher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the first hit I gave up was a home run to Billy Hamilton. So I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, I got that small park and small yard. So um, that's, I mean, that's incredible. You talked a little bit too, how you, you said that you made it through each level, but every level kind of seemed like it was far away. What helped you keep uh, that mindset right in the right place, keep going after that goal? Because sometimes it can be say like, oh, I have to go through one more level. I have to do this another year. What really helped you overcome some of that adversity and really keep your mindset in the right place? I mean, I think for me personally, I've, now, I've always been able to, you know, have a very even keel, you know, personality, you know, when I'm playing, you know, that competitive fire takes over and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even when I'd have a, a bad game, you know, I'd get taken out of the game and 
you know, I'd be in the dugout and it was just, I could instantly let go of it. I could instantly, yeah. you know, go hang out with my buddies on the team and, and just flush it. And I think that was really, you know, I think that was huge for me personally. I didn't hold on to things. And I, but I think going along with that, I was really lucky to have, you know, I made incredible friends through my time playing with the Mets and, you know, kind of stay, I was lucky enough to kind of stay with the same, you know, group of guys through each level and just having those good friends that are going through the same thing that you're going through. And, you know, if, you know, you need to get something off your chest or you just need someone to vent to, they're right there for you all the time. And, and you can be that same crutch for them. And, and it just builds a bond. Um, that's really special because, you know, you're taking these long bus rides, uh, you're playing in these, you know, towns that are, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere sometimes and uh, not, you know, not having the best facilities and things like that. So it really brings you together with the people that you're around. And I was lucky, yeah. like I said, I was lucky enough to have a really, you know, great group of guys that, you know, we moved up together through the ranks. And so that was, I mean, I don't know if I didn't have, you know, those kind of guys to rely on, it could have been a completely different story. Yeah. I mean, you hit on two things we hear from a lot of players who join the podcast too. Uh, Steven Susan Jr. talked about like he, his identity was so wrapped up in the game that when he was struggling, he's like, I didn't know where to go. Like I had nowhere. Mm -hmm. And like, you, you having those resources and those people that you could kind of go to outside of the game, I think is huge. Um, talk about some of the passions that you have away from baseball that really helped you separate from your performances. I know it's a little bit of probably of a mindset thing to just kind of let those performances go, but did you have tools and other things that you utilize to, to really help you separate? Uh, I think, I mean, I was, Probably when I got to high school, I was kind of a real hothead. And so yeah. I was lucky enough to, you know, have coaches and, and people that I respected, you know, kind of give me books and, and kind of, you know, teach me, you know, these this mental side of things and how to, you know, control the things you can control. So mm -hmm. I was working on that for a long time. And I think I really, once I got to college, kind of, you know, took that to heart and, and really made that a point to, you know, excel at that, at that side of things. But I don't know, like I said, just the guys that, you know, I lived with and, and, and played with through the minors, you know, like we'd go home and if we wanted to talk about baseball, you could, but most of the time it was just, there was no baseball talk. You know, we just play video games, have a couple of beers, hang out, you know, and, and just completely detached from that because, you know, you see some guys just get way too wrapped up in it and then yeah. they just kind of spiral and one bad day turns into a bad week, which turns into a bad month. Um, and yeah, so just kind of like you, like you said, just having different things, like you said, you know, we just play video games and, and we just, you know, you know, just mess around and, and, you know, just have a good time, you know, while chasing this dream that's, you know, you've been working your whole life for, so you want to take it really seriously. But being able to, you know, let and, you know, just detach, like I said. Yeah. I, I mean, it's important to have those relationships, too, because 
the game's going to end for everybody. Everybody who plays it, they all have an end date, whether you play for 20 years, whether you play for five years. And a lot of times, even if you have that 20-year career, your career is going to end in your 40s. You're still young and like you still have a whole entire life ahead of you. And I think the one thing that you hit on that's spot on is that the, everything in life is about the relationships you develop with the people around you, right? Everything Absolutely. else kind of has a beginning and an end. Um, but the people that you keep around you, um, those are the people who are going to kind of drive you and really kind of help motivate you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a couple months going to, uh, you know, one of my buddy's weddings that, you know, I met playing with the Mets. I'm lucky enough to live five minutes away from another guy, Corey Oswald, yeah. that, um, you know, played with uh, through the Mets as well. You know, so and just, you know, a lot of these guys that I played with are, are done for the most part um, playing as well. And we're all over the country and stuff, but, you know, just randomly checking in, you know, you see, they posted something on Instagram, you know, send them a message. And, and yeah. it's like, it's you, you go through so much with those guys that when you find, you can go years without talking to them, but then once you finally do, or you cross paths and you see them, it's like, you're right back where you guys were, you know? And that just, it just keeps coming back to, you know, it's just that special bond that, you know, it's, I mean, you're kind of forced to, you know, create and, and it, it's awesome. Yeah. And those are the best kind of relationships you can have too, right? You, you can spend time apart, don't even talk, but then you get back and together in person. It's just like the old days. So exactly. It's like you never left. Those are my yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah. So now you kind of, the, the one question I have too, because you, you doubts your retirement, um, retired kind of on your own terms. So what went into that decision um, for you to decide to retire and kind of, and leave the game of baseball that you just loved your whole entire life? Um, to be honest, it was a very, you know, rash decision on my part. Um, so like I said, got called up in 2018, only played in, only pitched in three games, um, and then didn't even get a September call up that year. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a little, you know, right there is when it kind of, you know, stopped being about baseball and kind of saw like the business side of things. And, and then going into 2019, the Mets got a completely new, uh, front office. And so in the off season could kind of just get the feel that I was in a different spot with these, you know, the, the new guys that were running the team. Um, and like I said, just, it stopped being about, you know, the game and it stopped kind of being fun for me. Yeah. Um, so last week of that 2019 spring training, I um, tweaked a hamstring like a couple days from breaking camp, mm. you know? And yeah. so, but it was like, you know, a week, maybe two, I'm good. But then all of a sudden I was kept in extended spring training for like a month. So yeah. starting the year off on like a, you know, kind of sour note. Um, finally get sent to double A, pitch in one game in double A, then go to triple A. Um, played about six weeks in triple A and then um, had like, uh, I even forget what it's called. Like I had to get like an MRI on my UCL and there was no mm. significant damage, but there was a strain in there. So rehab for about six weeks uh, in Florida at the facility and then went out on a, uh, a rehab assignment in low a Brooklyn, the first pro team I ever played on um, and was there for about three weeks, you know, did everything I needed to do. And it was just kind of getting restless there, you know, because in my head, I'm like, I was a big leaguer last year. I, in my mind, I'm like, I can still help the team. You know, yeah. I put together a couple good outings. They need a guy I can, I, I know I can perform. 
and was just, you know, kind of just kept getting the runaround when I'm like, when am I getting out of here? You know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm healthy. I've showed this. And, you know, it just kind of got to the point where it was like, it's either like, I'm going to get, you guys put me on a team. Like I am totally fine going to double A. Like I have no ego there, double A, you know, it, it's competitive league. I'm facing, I'd face good yeah. guys there too. Like I don't have to go to triple A, you know, and just kind of just kept getting the same runaround. And so just kind of told my agent to let him know, like I wanted my release, hopped on a plane uh, from New York back to California. And even when I hopped on that plane uh, or when I went home, I still thought I was going to play, you know, I was like, you know, I'll sit out the the last month of the season. I'll have, I'll, you know, have a good off season, sign with the team and, you know, start a whole, a, no, a whole new, you know, journey with the new team um, because it wasn't performance based, you know, it's just yeah. kind of bad luck through little injuries. Um, but when I was at home, I kind of, you know, I had two semesters left of college had that bad taste in my mouth from that last year of pro ball. And just, I was 25 and I was like, you know, maybe it's time to do something else. You know, mm -hmm. I, and so I just kind of made the decision. I was like, let's go back to school. Let's get my degree, which is always another goal that I had, you know, had the goal of making the major leagues, did that. And I always wanted to graduate from school. So I was like, let's go do this. Um, and it just happened the the year I decided to go back to school was the year COVID hit. So mm. it was that was a whole different, yeah, whole different thing, you know, ready to be in classrooms and, and do that whole thing again. And then was kind of everything was online. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting you talk about that because we just interviewed Mark Appel recently. And when he decided to step away from the game, he got a ton of flack. But he's like, there was this constant pressure that was always hanging over me, right? Because he was the number mm -hmm. one overall pick. I know it's kind of a different scenario, but still, I think it's the same pressure that kind of hangs over all guys. Because yeah. once you make that major league debut, right, there's that pressure to want to get back that kind of just hangs over and probably takes away some of the fun of the game. Oh, absolutely. Once, once you make that major league debut and then you go back down to the minors, it's like you're, everything is different around you yeah. to where, you know, before you make that debut, it's just, you know, this is part of life, minor league baseball, you know, the, the kind of stuff that you don't like doing, it's just, it's part of it. And then all of a sudden you see that glitz and glamor of the major leagues and yeah you know you live i was only i think i had like nine days of big league time so just even those nine days just completely changed your perspective on it on everything and um yeah and i kind of knew like i knew the kind of player i was you know i wasn't going to be a hall of famer probably would never be an all-star you know i'd be lucky to you know kind of stick around with the team you know here and there in a bullpen you know lefty scenario kind of thing and just kind of had that talk with myself that was like, do I want to, you know, live that life of always being on the road, being away, you know, seven, eight months out of the year, um, you know, that up and down, you know, between majors and minors, if I was lucky enough to make it back and um, was kind of just like, you know, I, I think I'm ready to just, you know, kind of settle down a little bit, you know, be yeah. in one place for a little while, have an address for the first time since high school. And uh, yeah, so that that all went into the uh, the decision. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about, too, is you, you mentioned having to transition right out of the game. We, we talked a little bit of this before we started recording, but how was 
transitioning out of the game, right? You had the opportunity to go back to school and COVID hit, but were there resources there for you to transition? Um, how did you kind of navigate that journey? Um, kind of had to do it like on my own um, mm -hmm. and just, you know, kind of talk to some guys that had done it um, before that I'd played with in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was super easy to make the transition to go back to school because, you know, there's structure there. It's, it's class, yeah. um, you know, uh, move back down to San Diego, you know, it, it, there's that structure still there. And so that kind of, that, that, that part was easy. It was sort of like the, the transition from once I'm done with school to like, now what, yeah. you know, because that's, there's no structure there. You gotta, you know, pave your own path and things like that. And, you know, I graduated when I was 27, um, when I got my degree and, you know, I, all of a sudden I was a 27 year old college graduate with the only thing I could put on my resume was that I played professional baseball. And so <laughs> that was, that was super stressful because I was always in the back of my mind, like, Oh yeah. Like people would want to hire me. You know, I have not necessarily like work skills or, or, you know, experience, but I have, you know, team building experience and, and working together with the, you know, a group of people towards like a common goal. And, those translate to a lot of things. And I found out very quickly that it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, people looking to hire. We, we interviewed Josh Linville and he said, I, when I finished up, he's like that people were like, Oh, do you have 10 plus years of leadership experience? He's like, I have 13 baseball teams on my resume. Is that, yeah. <laughs> does that, yeah, count? Does that count? Yeah. That was, the, that was the toughest thing. It was, you know, the resume that I had is was very weak, but, I was like, just, just get me in front of people in an interview and, you know, I can, ex I can explain, I can talk and I can get my point across to, you know, why I'd be a good addition. But that was the hardest thing was getting past that, you know, initial just, you know, resume to getting them to sit down and talk to me. Yeah. I have a buddy, uh, Ray McIntyre. He was actually assistant coach at San Diego uh, under Jay Johnson or not Jay Johnson, the guy who came after Jay Johnson. Um, mm -hmm. But he said the same thing because he was a volunteer assistant coach basically through the NCAA. He's like, I try to go into the work field, even coaching wise. He's like, yeah, yeah, I have some leadership experience, but I don't have any work experience outside of just coaching. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a strange face to navigate. Like, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I was lucky enough. I worked for um, Upper Deck, which makes yeah. sports cards. So that was, you know. A, a nice uh, transition to, you know, kind of using my sports background to get into a sports company like that. So I was like, are you doing like marketing style stuff or? Yeah, I'm like the, uh, so my role is like community coordinator of sports cards. So I'm like cool. the middleman between like the company and the collectors. So I get to talk cards all day with people. That's like, online. Awesome. So it's not, <laughs> it's not too bad of a gig. Were you a collector yourself? Yeah, I, growing up, I, was you know super into baseball cards there was a, a card shop not too far uh from my house could you know ride my bike there so i was there all the time growing up and then playing you know playing the minors signed a couple of deals with tops and had my own cards and you know thought that was super cool and then once i stopped playing kind of got back into collecting a lot so i've been trying to get all of my cards and luckily they're super cheap now so i'm happy i'm happy to buy them for cheap <laughs> Caleb's going to be mad that he missed this podcast because he's a big card collector too. And you probably oh. have millions of questions related to that. <laughs> um, so what do you have a favorite card that you own now? Um, of myself or just overall? Do you have like, do you have some of the, the ones that you have? 
Oh. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a ton of like my own. I'm trying to get like uh, the whole rainbow of my first Love Bowman it. set, and so the only card I'm missing is the one of one, and I've never seen it uh, surface. <laughs> so I'm I'm always looking for it. There's just some random human in the United States that's just got that card. Probably yeah, doesn't even know. It's probably in a box somewhere. <laughs> exactly. They got no idea. You know, they see it and they're just like, ah, oh, that stinks. You know, I have a one of one, but who's this guy? Uh, you, but yeah. Do you ever have any auto series uh, autographed cards? Yeah. Yeah. There's so in that same series, there was okay. know, autographs and non autographs and stuff. So I try to nice. get my hands on as much as I can. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's cool to see that you have all these passions outside of the game, right? Because I think, it, one, it helps you um, really deviate away from having your whole identity wrapped up in baseball and your performances, but also kind of helps you probably navigate and try to find new things to do um, as you transition to uh, a career in life outside of baseball. So are there some like ultimate life goals that you have now that you're out of the game that you're really striving for? Um, that's kind of the tough, been the toughest thing yeah. for me. Cause I've always been, you know, super goal oriented, you know, cause like I said, since first grade, I had this ultimate goal of making it to the big leagues. Yeah. And then kind of once I stopped playing, that's been like the toughest thing. Like you talked about that identity of being the baseball player. Um, I never really looked at myself like that when I was playing, but once I stopped, it kind of became evident that it was like, no, this is kind of how I did see myself the whole time. It was you know, is part of my personality. And, you know, everywhere you go, the people you know, the people you grew up with, even like your family and stuff, anytime they saw you, it'd be like, you know, how's baseball going? You know, mm -hmm. how's this, how's that? And so once I stopped playing, it was, and then obviously I had the goal of graduating school. So I had that, but once that finished, it was like, now what do I want to do? So that's been the toughest part uh, the last couple couple years is, you know, where do I see myself in 10 years? Where do I want to yeah. be? Um, and I've kind of um, come to the conclusion that I think the biggest thing that I need is like, feel like I'm having an impact, um, you know, helping people, mm -hmm. um, especially with, you know, my background. I think the the thing that I'd like to do the most is, you know, whether it's high school or college athletes kind of being that like, you know, sort of mentor um or you know kind of being like a like an academic athletic advisor yeah. for like a school or something like that because i know firsthand how it is you know especially in college with you know the rigorous you know practice schedule and you know during the season you're all over the place and then trying to balance that with you know going to college and it's not easy um and we have we always had resources for people that would help with that but they're always yeah. usually like they came from like an education background mm -hmm. and not necessarily yeah. had that, you know, I've been in your kind of shoes before. So I think that would be super beneficial. And, and, you know, I'm trying to find ways to be able to put myself in that situation and, you know, whether it's, you know, going back and getting more schooling so that, you know, I can get those land, those kind of jobs and then make that impact from there. Yeah, I, it's awesome to kind of hear your personality come out just in that statement, right? You can tell that you're a person that wants to give 
and given not giving away to help others and help them in their journeys that they're trying to figure out because you learn from your experiences right and you want to have that impact on others and i think that's awesome um that's what's going to ask that the next question too is kind of the personality you've developed too on twitter you have always have some funny tweets and has that always kind of been your personality in the clubhouse and then at the workplace uh that that you're just that kind of fun easygoing guy I mean, I try to be. I, I mean, I think I think that'd be a, a question for for you know the people around me. Yeah. I, I like to think of myself as that. Um, and yeah, like I said, I even when I had a bad game, you know, I was I like to you know keep things light and and yeah. be easy to hang around and stuff. You know, I like you know I like being you know approachable and not you know like people you know can't talk to me and things like that. You know, so yeah, it's, it's super easy on Twitter. I mean, mostly, especially when I was playing because, you know, the New York Mets fans are, are kind of nuts on Twitter. So, yeah. you know, you get a lot of flack on there, especially myself because I didn't perform very well when I was in the big leagues. So you get a lot of, <laughs> you know, those kind of tweets, you know, after the game and things like that. So it was, it was easy, uh, you know, ammunition to work with and just kind of be playful. And, you know, at the, I, I know like, my pat like I'm so passionate about baseball. And so I understand where, you know, a bunch of fans come from because, you know, they love this, you know, whatever team they, they root for their whole lives. But like yeah. at the end of the day, it, it is a game, you know? Yeah. We all want to do well. We all want to win. We all want to see our teams win, but like you can still have fun, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not the end of the world. And there's human beings behind the players who are playing that, that game. Right. Oh, I, I love Yeah. And I love the perspective you have too of like whether you're doing well or playing poorly, that you're going to have that kind of same personality because you think about it when you're riding high, someone else on the team is struggling. And when you're uh, low, someone else is riding high. So it's like trying to find that balance where no matter what, what you're doing on the field, like be that person that your teammates can kind of always go to. And I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, and it's in a game like baseball, it can just flip so easily. You know, yeah. you can, you can be dominating and then, whether it's in the span of a game and then, you know, bad stuff happens or, you know, over the course of a month, you're having a good month and all of a sudden you have, you string three bad starts in a row. Like it can just change at the, you know, at the drop of a hat. And so, I don't know. I just like, like I said, just keeping it light, you know, kind of staying super even keel and yeah, you know, celebrate your victories and, and, you know, learn from your defeats, but you know, don't beat yourself up or don't put yourself too high. It's, 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 I think it's better for everyone, you know, that you're yeah. around in, in that case. Yeah. I mean, PJ, this has been an awesome interview. We have the one last question that I wrap up with that. There's so many things that we can already clip from this interview, but this is just one that we asked because we want the podcast to be an opportunity for fans to, to really get to know the play, the human beings behind the players, but also want it for younger athletes to come and learn some lessons about mindset, about any advice that they might be, they want to, to kind of receive going on the same journey. So if you had one piece of advice for like the next generation of players that might be going through some of the same things that you are, uh, what would that one piece of advice be? I mean, the piece of advice that I would give is, I mean, just going off me personally, I was never the biggest guy. I was never the strongest guy. You know, the hardest pitch I threw in the major leagues, I think was 89 miles an hour. Um, but one thing I did pride myself on is that, you know, I just had the utmost confidence in myself. You know, if you believe that you can do something and it's not just, 
you know, go for it, but it's not just going to happen just because you believe in yourself. You know, yeah. you got to work hard. You got to, you know, do the things that other people aren't doing. Um, but on the flip side of that, don't let it consume you, you know, mm -hmm. have fun with your friends. You know, you don't need to, you know, just bury yourself in whatever, in a pursuit of whatever you you're going for, you know, have those outlets, have those friends, have those relationships because, whether you make it or you don't, like we talked about earlier, you know, the people around you is, you know, what makes it even better, you know, whether you're doing really well or you're doing poorly, you know, the people around you kind of, you know, make, you know, everything better, you know, if they're, if, yeah. you know, you keep them close and, and uh, yeah. So I think just getting, you know, just ending on that, like, that's the, I think that's the thing I miss the most about playing is, you know, being around those guys every day and, you know, showing up and you're around like 20 of your best friends and just hanging yeah. out all the time. You're around each other 24 um, seven. So yeah, that's, it's kind of, that answer's kind of all over the place, but I think, I think there's a message in there somewhere. No, I, I think that's awesome. It's the importance of relationships, right? Kind of being creatures of our own environments and surrounding us with good people. And I think that's a incredible way to end on. And PJ, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on behind the scenes. Uh, we'll probably have to do a second episode talking baseball cards, get Caleb back on and have I you on it. some other time. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be all over. I'd love to, you know, do this again. Yeah, well, thanks again, and uh, we're wishing you about the best with everything. Appreciate it. Thank you.